everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lonnon. And this is Volume Up by the Teats. So booking a beauty service, as we know, is a popular way for consumers to support local businesses. And we are here for it. Mm-hmm. We're here for it for all of the big metro areas, but also for our lovely flyover states. Yep. And the salons and amazing people that are in those salons doing great work. So there was a study out by Style Seat where they analyzed Google business listings in the 50 largest US cities to determine the best hair salons and services based on the number of hair-related businesses per capita. And it's surprising. Where would you guess would be one of the biggest cities for hair services? Like, shoot me, shoot me a couple of cities. I mean, I'm the idiot that would say <laughs> New York, LA, Miami, Chicago, like all of the Houston, a right? Dallas. But I mean, yeah. So right. I mean, you're you're hitting the major metro markets, right? Mm-hmm. But the best cities for hair services, according to Google business listings, is number one, Portland, Oregon. Two, Buffalo, New York. Three, Richmond, Virginia. Four, Birmingham, Alabama. And finally, Salt Lake City. Right? Interesting. Salt Lake. That is considering our housewives. Hey, they're there getting it done on the daily, maybe. They should maybe get their hair done more often (laughs) by some of these better rankings. Uh, Salt Lake City salons. Um, (laughs) Portland, really, like, I wouldn't have figured that one. That doesn't. It seems I mean, a little more natural city to me, where you might just air dry and go. I don't know. Like vibrant color, maybe. I, I, yeah, it was surprising. True. It was surprising. I mean, like it's got its own its own vibe. Keep Portland weird and all of that. I just didn't realize <laughs> it was. Keep wet. it weird, but keep the hair looking good. That's what <laughs> we're learning right now. <laughs> Would you- all right. So anyway, Buffalo, an interesting though, study. Buffalo on the radar of like, I, that's, I don't know. That one, I've only been to Buffalo once. And? I, I didn't notice a ton of salons and or like really wonderfully quaffed people. But I mean, <laughs> we're wrong. The, the numbers don't lie. So there's well, that. Well, hair related businesses per capita. That's what we're going off of. So mm-hmm. there's a mm-hmm. plethora of salons in these wonderful mm-hmm. cities. And mm-hmm. Shout out to all of you in Portland, Buffalo, Richmond, Birmingham, and Salt Lake City. Hell yeah. We're shouting you out today. Mm-hmm. So exciting news from our last episode. We talked with Sebastian Tardif. And as a celebrity makeup artist, Sebastian's work has taken him to New York, London, Los Angeles, Hong Kong, Tokyo, and beyond. Um, for more than 25 years, he has led innovation for many global luxury brands and has beautified celebrities, including Naomi Campbell, Nelly Furtado, Jane Fonda, Glenn Close. I could go on and on. He's led makeup direction for more than 100 Fashion Week shows in New York and internationally. And his signature illuminated makeup has appeared in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Elle, and many more. He's the creator of Veil Cosmetics, renowned for its textural superiority and a cult favorite amongst beauty experts and professionals. And now me, Sebastian, sent me over some of his (laughs) incredible cosmetics. And I'm now a fan. So thank you for that. So anyway, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok and read the teas and sending questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we talked with Michael Duenas. Michael is a curly hair specialist after training at Diva Chan in Soho and becoming a master stylist and educator for them. His love for textured hair grew. Michael's been on the fast track working with numerous celebrities and has been fortunate to be 
the consulting celebrity stylist for Garnier, the brand ambassador for Schwarzkopf Professional, and the brand ambassador for Aloxy International. After several years working in New York, Michael moved his career out west and is currently based in Los Angeles. He's had the pleasure of shooting editorials for Elle, Allure, Jalouse, Flaunt, C Magazine, and Nylon, and works with advertising clients including Guess, Aeropostale, L'Oreal, and Got to Be. Michael's turned his passion from beauty into much more. Learning skills that benefit a brand from start to finish, he's helped brands launch unique and revolutionary products, designed packages to further their brand, and create stunning standout imagery and video series. He's a truly one-stop shop. You guys are not going to want to miss this conversation, but you're going to have to stick around for a little bit before we get to it. So I'm not, I'm just going to put this out here, Jeff. This might be one of my favorite pods that I've ever done. And so get ready, you all, y'all, you all, whatever city we're in today. We're like 95 deep. This is, (laughs) we're getting up there. So for this one to be one of Mm -hmm. the the episodes that stands out, it's a, it's a big deal. So just wait a little bit longer. Or you can fast forward. We won't judge you. Um, you just want to <laughs> skip right to that part. Um, we'll let you have that. We will. But let's rant. All right. Okay. So we're on the kick of talking about some of the smaller metro markets. Mm-hmm. And we noticed ABC 57 in Elkhart, Indiana. There is a salon called Kimmy's Hair Designs, which cute. I'd like to meet Kimmy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not only cutting hair there, but they're cutting out bullying. So in honor of Alopecia Awareness Month in September, as we're wrapping, as we've wrapped, the salon is raising money in honor of Rio Allred, a Northside middle school student right. who took her life after being bullied from alopecia. And, you know, I think that we wanted to here at the pod bring some awareness to all the amazing things that Kimmy's hair design is doing in Elkhart to help organize an event, raise money, and really support a cause to spread awareness of bullying in schools. Such an important cause. Um really a tragic story that's turning into something beautiful. Um, we are going to link out to their socials so you guys can give them a shout out. You can follow them. You can encourage them in all of the incredible work that they're doing. And if you're doing something similar, let us know about it. Um, because obviously bullying hugely important to take on and we need to support folks like this group that's doing the right thing. Agree. And, you know, here at the T's, we like to bring voices forward that are making an impact in their community and in our salon professional community. So kudos to everyone there and let's support a great cause together. All right. Now let's get into what's trending on the T's.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands you don't know, but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up... Master stylist Jean-Claude on the realities of being a salon owner. Opening a salon can be one of the most rewarding experiences in the beauty industry. We've heard about that time and time again on this very podcast. There are many benefits. However, there are some drawbacks. So we reached out to learn more about how Kiss salon owner and master stylist Jean-Claude operates his business. Head to thetease.com to learn more about what it really means to be a salon owner. And let us know if your experience is similar or dissimilar jump into the comments. Kelly, my question is, yes. if you were a salon owner, what would it look like? Oh. What would it be called? Oh. Where would it be? Hmm. Break it down. Yikes. Oof. Okay, that's a good one. The name is the hardest Ooh, part. So no pressure. Really we don't have to go there. I mean, dare I say that it might be called the tease. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, wow, you really had that no, one. Thing. Yeah, I got yeah, that, that one really good. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's that's a natural. Um <laughs> And so 
I I believe, I mean, I live in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that even where I live, that there is an opportunity to have a salon that is very niche and very kind of kitschy and always moving with the trends. And so I don't know. I think it'd be where I live. I think it would be very clean with pops of color um, and maybe named the teas. But I don't know. I feel like I should give more thought to that for sure. No, no, no. I like that. I feel like all of those <laughs> things are, are exactly what I would imagine if I were to go to your salon. Uh, but yeah, check out that story on the Um, And as I said, like if your experience is similar, let us know. If it's dissimilar, we want to hear about that too. And we might feature you. All right. Next up on the teas. Curiouser and curiouser, Sigma's Alice in Wonderland collection will leave you grinning like a Cheshire cat. (laughs) Sigma and Disney's Alice in Wonderland collection is here. The collaboration contains a limited edition five-piece brush set, a pressed powder cheek duo inspired by Alice's first time meeting with the Queen of Hearts, an ultra-hydrating lip duo, and an eyeshadow palette containing 14, this is from the author, mesmerizing hues in matte, metallic, and shimmery finishes. Head to the tease.com to learn more about how our editorial contributor, Anna Waters, shout out, liked the collection. Um, and there's some pictures. She tested it out. Um, Kelly, my question. <laughs> would you consider yourself to be a Disney adult? Oh, no, I would not. Okay. One, 100% no. In fact. But if you like this collection, would you have to be? No. By default? Or is it? Oh, okay. Okay. I mean. I think it's great. I mean, I love a good collab, right? Mm -hmm. And Alice in Wonderland, what's better than having a cosmetic collection with them because of the vibrance, of course, vibrancy, the color, all of those good things. And Cheshire, the cat, (laughs) smiling very widely. So I love the purple stripes. Um, I love everything this collection is about. And I loved the recap from our new contributor, Anna Waters. Yeah, no, the collection itself is incredible. The packaging, all of those things. Um, I just, you know, there's Disney adult. I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad to hear. But am I am I somebody that's going to saunter into Disney with the mouse ears and a shirt? Nope, not happening. Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. In fact, I was there a couple years ago during COVID and I was in all stark black, <laughs> maybe a hint of a neon fanny pack. And that was it. So I'm not a Disney adult in those terms, if you will. Great, great, great. I'm glad that we put that to rest. I think that everybody wanted to know. Um, but yeah, head to thetease.com. Check out that story because it's a lot of fun. Um, and shout out to the team for, for putting that together. Last up on thetease.com, big news. Anna's company's new cordless Revi clippers offer ease and convenience for creators. When it comes to building out your hair cutting arsenal, you can always count on Anna's company to come through with the perfect tools to help take your barbering game to the next level. Take, for example, the brand's newest launch, the Cordless Revite Clippers. These two uniquely designed professional clippers, which are available in both black and gray options, are all about providing ease and convenience for the creator. Thanks to its stainless steel, which offers the functionality of a removable and adjustable blade in a single tool. The beauty of this design is that barbers and stylists can make changes between a taper and fade blade quickly and easily. And the best part, no tools are necessary for swapping the blades out. Hmm. Head to thetees.com to learn more and see the new Revite for yourself. Kelly, yeah. the question is, there's two clippers. Yes. Which one are you gravitating towards? You know, I'm a big fan of Andis. I think that their new rebrand and the look of the tools is like totally on point. So sleek, so beautiful. And so, in fact, 
last night, a little trim in my kitchen <laughs> to my 10-year-old who is completely obsessed with making sure that he has a low and tight fade. Mm, yes, yes. And yes, 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 yeah. I kind of think I need both of them. But if I had to choose, it would definitely be the gray version. I think it's mm. like, I think it's nice. I think it's great. Mm. So mm. I'm going to be grabbing me some of those. Okay. All right. <laughs> We love to see it. Uh, as always, so much going to tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Michael Duenas never set out to be a celebrity hairstylist and photographer. Growing up surfing and spending time at his friend's salon, he realized a true passion and gift for hair. While his career has been anything but laid back, his charming personality and unique talent has been attracting top-level clients from the beginning. Michael is a curly hair specialist, and after training at Diva Chain in Soho, becoming a master stylist and educator for them, his love for textured hair grew. Michael has been on the fast track working with numerous celebrities and has also been fortunate to have been the consulting celebrity stylist for Garnier, the brand ambassador for Sportscop Professional, and the brand ambassador for Aloxy International. Oh, we're going to keep going. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> After several years working in New York, Michael moved his career out West and is currently based in Los Angeles. He's had the pleasure of shooting editorials, including Elle, Allure, Flaunt, C Magazine, and Nylon, and works with advertising clients, including guests, Aeropostale, L'Oreal, and Got to Be. Michael has turned his passion from beauty into much more, learning skills that benefit a brand from start to finish, and we're going to get into it. He's helped brands launch unique and revolutionary products, design packaging to further their brand, and create stunning standout imagery and video series. He, you, you, Michael, are truly <laughs> a one-stop shop. Welcome to Volume Up by the Tees. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Isn't it fun to have your bio read to be like, you know what? I did do all of those things because we never stop to, well, we never stop, right? It's always the next thing. You know, it's kind of weird. I've never <laughs> actually had it read to me. Ah, okay. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> all right. A big deal, big deal. Uh, <laughs> okay. So tell us how you got started in the industry. We, we heard a little bit, you were surfing, you're in your friend's salon, yep. but take us back to the beginning. So my whole goal in life, mind you, I was 13 years old. So that's uh, oh, okay. let's set the stage for it. <laughs> my, my whole goal in life at 13 was how much can I serve mm -hmm. and how little do I have to work? That was my, <laughs> my whole thing. What can I do to just serve all the time? Okay. So I met these two guys who owned a salon and I saw that they were just surfing all the time. Little did I know all the work that went into building a salon and getting it going. So that became my goal. I'm going to work at a salon so I can surf. And I spent from about 13 on being around hairdressers and wow. my time with them to when I could actually work at a salon starting as a receptionist at, at a work permit. I want to say it was like 14 and a half or 15. I became a receptionist okay, and started kind of training on the side of there. And I was like, this is what I want to do so I can surf. Little did I know it took all my time. Yeah. So I wasn't able to surf all the time. <laughs> And I finally realized how much time these guys had put in to keep their salon running to serve. And it really kind of grew from there. It became this obsessive goal. I'm going to build myself so I could take time off and serve. Okay. And then suddenly you just find yourself just building yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. That's amazing. And what a work ethic at like 13, 14 and a half to become a receptionist at a salon. I mean, that's got to be pretty atypical, right? 
it was it was crazy. I'm gonna jump a little bit ahead here because I now I feel shady at this age, but I was in high school. I was a <laughs> senior. I was working 40 hours a week. Wow. Taking clients because I had my cosmetology license, yet they thought I was already out of high school okay. because I finished school at 12.15 in the afternoon and then would go to work till like 9.30, no 10 o'clock at night. Wow. That's incredible. It was Were you doing all types of services then? Was it everything. men's cuts, barbering, cut, color, everything? Everything. No way. Wow. That's so interesting because I have a 12-year-old son and a 10-year-old, but I think to myself, like, how cool for them to get their license, like parallel path it with high school. And that sounds like what you did. Exactly what I did. And it worked out to be one of the best things that I could do because I finished school, high school, and I was already ready. I was already so deep in my career with a clientele, everything, making a normal paycheck that I would have made if I would have waited till I was 20, 22. Right. So how did you balance cosmetology school and high school? Was it a night course, weekends? Like, how did you do it all? I got very fortunate. I did not go to cosmetology school. Okay. I did an apprenticeship. Okay. So in California, there used to be an apprenticeship program, Mm -hmm. which I don't really know if it's around anymore. Um, And I was very fortunate to do that with a company called Carlton Hair. Okay. uh, Which I think there's a couple salons left. I'm not quite sure. Regis had purchased them. Okay. It's been been a hot moment. I mean, it's been like... (laughs) 24 years since I started with them, which now I'm dating myself. So I did an apprenticeship. And so I was able to work through that because I, I would start high school. I I started school at around 530 AM. And so I was done around 1215. So that way I was able to then go to work full-time afterwards and do my apprenticeship under a gentleman named Leonard Castro, who taught me so much and get up to get my license. So that way, by the time I turned 18, I was able to get my cosmetology license okay. and then go full time. Okay. What is the, what is the most impactful thing that Leonard taught you or said to you back then? Because what an impressionable time in your life to have someone like that kind of lock arms with you and, and teach you. Let's see the most impressionable. <laughs> I got to say like this changed the way that I cut hair and I watch other people cut, but and it was something so simplistic and it had to do with actually cutting hair, not work ethic, okay. but it changed everything. It was the cleaner the section, the longer the haircut will last. Hmm. And his whole goal was to have his clients come as slow as possible back, not every six weeks, because if they came as slow as possible, they told their friends they got the greatest haircut. Hmm. So it was very different than other hairdressers that I'd worked with who want their clients to come back every four to six weeks. Sure. Uh, he wanted a larger clientele that came back slower. Okay. So his whole thing was take perfectly clean sections for a perfect haircut. And that was the same thing with the styling. Mm. And his clients were always like, this is the longest lasting haircut I've ever had. Huh. And that was my thing. I was like, if I can have a huge clientele, yeah. then I don't need to work like a machine. Yeah. And that was my, the whole thing that I wanted to do. Huh. Okay. So you graduate high school, you got your clientele. Then what was next? I started working in a salon. Leonard had opened up his own salon and I went there and started working with him. And I was there for maybe three years or so, but about four months into working at his salon, I was uh, approached by Schwarzkopf Professional to become an educator for them. Okay. So I started teaching for them all over and uh, being, um, I'm trying to remember now, this feels like eons ago. (laughs) Uh, They had their essential looks collections and you were one of their educators for them, one of their artistic educators. So I traveled teaching color and cutting for them. And I was at Leonard Swan for about two to three years. And I went to New York to go visit 
And suddenly I was like, this is where I'm moving. Okay. And I just packed up my stuff and I moved with not knowing a soul, no job, nothing. And I ended up going to Diva Sean salon because I, there was classes there for short stop. Okay. I went there and applied and got a job and got put right on the floor and I was able to skip assisting. So I got very fortunate okay. on that aspect and things kind of spiraled in a fantastic way from there. It just okay. grew exponentially. And was that when you first started having your interest in textured hair cutting and styling? Yeah, it opened up my eyes to okay. a whole different world. It was like, wait, mm-hmm. you can cut hair like that? Yeah. Because my training with Schwarzkopf, I took Sassoon. Okay. I'm sorry, my training with um, Carlton, I took Sassoon classes all on the side. Okay. They had their own, own academy that was ex-Sassoon educator. So everything was Sassoon. Yeah. Everything was just very straight, very perfect. Yeah. And this was like a whole new world or my brain just exploded. And I saw hair so differently and I can combine multiple facets of what I learned into one thing. And it was, it was so exciting to do something different. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that even as an industry, we're just, we're still just talking about hair as a texture or it's an increased conversation, right? Like, why wasn't it taught all those years ago? Why isn't it a bigger part of cosmetology curriculum? Uh, what's your take on that? I mean, it opened up a whole different world for you, like you mentioned. I had experienced some of it because I had to take um, a few state board okay. classes to take my test. And my educator was this, this tiny little black man. And he was all about trying to get me to learn different textures. Cool. So when I had to do, I don't, I'm not even sure you have to do this anymore, but the press and comb. Oh yeah. Awesome. For state board. I, so I feel good. so um, when I was doing the press and comb, he was describing me the different temperatures that you have to do for different textures and a different wow. amount of oil you have to put on the hair. And at that time I was like, Whoa. And he's like, this is how you need to work with black hair. And he went through and he taught me because I had one-on-one classes with him to prep me okay. for state board. Okay. And that's when I started opening up my mind. And I didn't realize you were taught that at cosmetology school. I see. So he told me this was his thing. And so I got really excited when I was able to learn more. And now since there's, you're kind of, you need to know all textures to be yeah. a well-rounded hairdresser. So you can't go to fashion week and not know how to do black hair. You need to know how to do it. And it kind of dumbfounds me that at cosmetology school, you're not really taught that Mm -hmm. you are taught almost one way and it's slightly wavy hair and or straight hair. Like where's our kinks and coils and curls? Yeah. It's, it's not there. You have to take outside curriculum, which it just seems like it all needs to be enrolled in one. Yeah. It is really hard to expect a hairdresser to be able to do everything. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a lot. Like you don't go to a doctor and have that doctor know every ailment, everything, but hairdressers are expected to know how to do every texture. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you can be a master Mm -hmm. at them all, Mm -hmm. but I think you can have that, that basis of, Oh, okay. This is how I control it. This is how I can do it. And you kind of need to know the, the underlying factors of it, but I don't think you need to know everything. Yeah. I think it's too hard. Some of the baseline knowledge and skills, but then there is heightened specialties, right? Within, within the category. Exactly. Okay. So we've got your background, then move us into, I mean, this action packed career, right? So tell us about like the first celebrity, the first big gig that you were like, yes, here I am. All right. So (laughs) I want to say the first big gig where my mind was, blown that someone wants to do this with me. Um, I became the brand ambassador for Schwarzkopf Professional. Amazing. And that was 
mind blowing for me. I was 22 years old. Wow. And I got offered a, a brand contract mm-hmm. and I could not fathom this was, this was happening to me. This was, yeah. this was the Holy grail for hairdressers. And somehow I was getting this. Cool. Uh, and the biggest thing that happened to me, that was like, I, I'm still unbelievably excited. I love my time with them. I ended up being with them for almost 10 years. And it was just, it was incredible. And the biggest thing I went to Prague for an essential looks collection release and they called me on stage and I'm talking to this massive symposium of hairdressers releasing their collection book and they open it up and it's pages about me. Uh, and I hadn't seen it before, nothing. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this world renowned brand has a book. Uh, and I'm in it. <laughs> and I was trying so hard not to cry. They had already taken yeah. me to Prague. I'm already yeah. like there. And I was just like overwhelmed with emotion. I couldn't believe this was happening. And that was like one of the, at that point, the biggest okay. pinnacle of my career that I could even mm-hmm. fathom. And then it just kind of went from there. I started making videos. I made over 140 videos for them. And they wow. had a box set that when you bought certain products, this one DVDs, yep. my DVD of my styles were inside that box. So you can so learn cool. how to do it. And they were playing at salons and it was just unbelievably mind blowing. I still am like humbled. To, like, I, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. It was so cool that someone liked my work that much to do that with me. Yeah. That's amazing. And at 22, I mean, yes, people wait even 40 years it. to get there, right? 30 years yep. to get there. And there you were. So definitely saw something in you. Amazing brand, the sports cuff team, friend of the pod for sure. Um, so then move us out of brand work and into yep. celebrity work. So where did you get your start there? Talk to me about that. I was fortunate enough to have, he is my, my brother. He is my, my soulmate of another uh-huh. human being. His name is James Vincent and he is a, a makeup artist, a very well-known makeup artist. And I was fortunate enough to have him as my roommate wow. in New York. Okay. When I was working at the salon, he told me every single day, you do not need to be in a salon. We need to do more with you. And I was just like, what else am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. So he started booking me on photo shoots. Uh-huh. And I learned of this whole new world of things outside of a salon. And I took it upon myself to be like, okay, you know what I want to do? I want to do celebrities and I want to do magazines. So I would go from the salon no matter what time I got off and I would meet photographers somewhere and or on my days off. And I would just shoot models and build a portfolio. And I amassed a massive portfolio because yeah. I started shooting about twice a day, every oh. model I could, wow. every job I could beg James to get me on, I would do. So I built a huge portfolio of just editorial looks, beauty looks, everything. And none of it's paid. So I was going seven days a week off work before work, everything for almost a year, just building this book. I handpicked these images I want, nervous as can be. And this is when you had to bring an actual leather-bound portfolio mm-hmm. from a place called House of Portfolios in New York <laughs> to an agency. Okay. And you would drop Ooh. it off and they would look through your eight by tens mm-hmm. and see if they wanted to work with you. Don't know how. So I look <laughs> at my images and I'm just like, that's what I did. I think it's atrocious. <laughs> I got signed by an agency. Wow. Couldn't right. believe it. I was like, cool, I'm gonna go work on models. Mm-hmm. Two days later, I get a phone call. Hey, you have to be at Mariah Carey's house at 5 a.m. <laughs> what? And it's kind of like a, oh, what? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> who? Mariah Carey, you have to be there at 5 a.m. No, no, no. Who? Oh, my word. Mind blown. Wow. I ended up working with her 
five days a week at 5 a.m. for about six months. Wow. And those curls and that hair, the hair, right? It's iconic. That was my first celeb ever, which is insane (laughs) if I think about it now. Like, how? Don't know. (laughs) And I I started doing that more and more and more. And and at the time at Divashan, I was going in before work, like, hey, I need to take a two-hour break. I need to go to Mariah. And (laughs) we ended up parting ways on a a mutual Mm -hmm. way because it was, you got to choose the salon yeah, or you have to do freelance. And I felt I was handling both. Mm -hmm. And the scariest thing I ever did was leave the salon. Mm -hmm. A steady paycheck. I had a, not to toot my own horn, I was very proud. I had a massive clientele. Yeah. I was... I was set for what could be the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's take this leap. I'm out. Wow. And that was the most terrifying thing I've ever done to watch my bank account go from here to the lowest depths you can imagine. Because Mm -hmm. it turns out when you're freelance, you're not doing eight clients a day, five days a week. Yep. Yep. Wow. It was humbling, but it's the greatest thing I ever did. Yeah. I was going to say, would you do it again? 10,000 times over because it All right. it spawned the biggest creative ignition in my mind I could ever fathom. I left the salon and I started going to clients' houses and I created a company called Hair Room Service, which was oh, before cool. Glam Squad, yeah. before everything else. And we had a glass truck that we had hair and makeup stations in that we would do hair and makeup in New York City. We partnered with Olay, with Pantene at the time, Daily Candy, which was the biggest web blog. Oh, yeah. A cover girl. I was on morning news shows with this truck. And I had a team in California, Nevada, New Jersey, New York. And we went to people's houses, their hotel, whatever it was. And we did their hair, their makeup, their styling, their nails. And it just kind of grew. And it was this huge thing. And it's all because I was like, I'm going freelance. And I still had my agent. I was still taking celeb clients. And it was just this really cool thing that happened out of pure desperation and fear of like, what's next? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. So from Mariah Carey, and then we're Mm going to move on to Mary Mauser. Yeah. From Cobra Kai. I mean, the the season's out. It's, yep. it's happening at our house. <laughs> it's happening there, in mine too. So. <laughs> and there is this look with the textured bang that we're yes. having a moment. So yep. we're obsessed with it over at the tees. Tell us about that. We're going to post the photo in coordination with, with the show notes, but tell us about this texture bang moment that we're having. So Mary and I have a very special relationship. Okay. She understands that I understand curly hair and that's been like her hardest thing to find. Okay. And the first time I styled her hair, she was like, what? Wow. Just couldn't believe that she found someone to actually tame it and do different styles and aspects with it. So with, she loves having her bangs and she loathes having them blown straight. Not mm. her thing. She's okay. very particular on how you take care of her hair. So to give her texture bangs, it's, it's a little bit of a process of stretching her curl and different conditioners and setting lotions and pinning them in place mm. and drying them and then scrunching. And it, it's definitely a process to get them just right, but it is so cute. And then I take my pick and we pick them out to perfection and they're just, I love them, love them. And she loves them too. And it's a, it's a fun process for us. And her and I see so eye to eye on different curl textures and patterns that she wants and how to manipulate it. And almost everything we do on her, 
We don't use the heat of an iron. Interesting. It's all just a diffuser and stretching it with the diffuser teeth and just really manipulating her natural texture. So does she have a pretty tight curl pattern to her hair that you need to stretch that out? She does. She can get uh, almost coils in there. So we stretch it, stretch it out a bit to change it up some days. Okay. So I know that on her Insta, there's some photos Mm -hmm. of her. And I believe that you were also the photographer. Yes. Do you mix those two? I do. Like, tell me about that. So I, my camera is like glued to my head. <laughs> I, I love photography. Okay. An unbelievable amount. I have a full photo website. I take photos for brands. I shoot spec shoots for select PR firms of my clients and, and of different clients. They send me shop campaigns and like, I love it. Cool. Absolutely love it. Um, so I go everywhere with it. And I, it's always when I finish my client, Hey, can we take some, some shots of you? Smart. Yeah. And so we shoot them and their PR will either pitch to magazines or use it for press for upcoming stuff. So I get credits with that. I get content that mm-hmm. no one else has. Yeah. And my clients love it because then they get to document what they have. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Going back to your one-stop shop, right? It's like, what? Okay. Exactly. I get the perfect hair. I get the perfect look. I get some, some extras. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about the texture hair moment. Also, Let's talk about bobby pins. So in a 2018 interview with Luxie, you mentioned that bobby pins were your signature, your signature. Let's hear it. Yes. <laughs> so I would, I would say from like 2013 or so, I got my hands on some Conair rose gold bob pins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why are these being hidden in the hair? And I started doing different styles with them and, and making them shown and not always hiding them and just continuously doing that. And that just became my thing. Like I was getting books with people like, Hey, I want my bob pins, whatever this design, I want them here. And I started doing editorials with headpieces just out of bob pins and, and just having fun with them. And now I I still use them. I color coordinate with them, the hair, and I still leave them exposed Hmm. and I still show them. And it's all monochromatic and it, to me, it's less of a statement, but it's more of a little simple yeah. little thing yeah. that's there. Yeah. Just wait for someone to be like, oh, wait, should that be showing? Is and there? then suddenly there's like, they see five ah. or 10 of them instead ah. of just one. You're like, there they are. So I still use them. I utilize them a ton. I just now color coordinate instead of make them mm-hmm. pop because they don't need to be the full statement. The dress can be the statement. The hair can okay. be the statement. They're a beautiful accessory that you don't necessarily need to hide. I love it. So- is there an everyday use or wear or like look that you love with the bob pin? I've never heard it called a bob pin. So <laughs> I love using it. A single one coming up here is my okay. biggest thing right now. Okay, and I right use, here. use a good three inch. Okay. Because I love tucking hair back and showing oh. off bones instead of just tucking hair here. Because then you get like this little fluff that comes yeah, out. Yeah, you get the bone. Super clean do and one big one. Oh, I love it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to head over to somewhere to get some of those. You should, or even on a <laughs> bun, instead of hiding them underneath, yeah. put them on the exterior Ooh. in a nice clean shape. So say, okay. you're, say you have a perfect bun, mm-hmm. put them in like a shape around it. Okay. Use the same color as the bun, holds the hair and you add a little, love it. little interest. Okay. I love it. That's perfect. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about celebs. We talked about brands. What is one of the biggest challenges that you've had as a hairstylist in your career? Oh man, the biggest <laughs> challenge I've had is convincing someone I know how to do their hair. Mm, yeah, 
That is the hardest part. Showing up on set, seeing really tight curls, and then looking at me and being like, mm. nah. Don't know it. Not mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> and basically me almost getting defensive. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can do this. And it becomes this little fight. I'm like, you know what? Just let me let me have at it. If you don't like it, I'm out. Yeah. Interesting. And it's, that's the hardest thing is just like, yes, I can do this. That's that's the most difficult spot. And that's that's when you kind of get eaten up inside a little yeah. bit because I've trained in texture and curls. Yeah. And it's just like, nope. Yeah. Because I think, you know, those with a lot of texture or curl have probably had some bad experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, uh, no, unless you're an expert, like you're not, you're not touching this. Exactly. <laughs> That's hard. I, that would definitely be the hardest thing I feel like I've experienced because okay. I do a lot of curly hair, I do a yeah. lot of texture. I love it. And I have the straightest hair known to man. So <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> okay. So we talked a little bit about you've got your camera attached to your hip, right? So you also have another entity called Velour Creative. Yes. And that's where, again, back to your bio, you're working with brands from start to finish. You're always capturing that content. But tell me how Velour Creative started and what it's all about. So Velour Creative was kind of uh, born out of necessity. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of brands coming to me for input on different things. Uh, let it be like how they should grow their brand, what products they should have, what their packaging should look like. Hey, we, we really like these photos. Is this what consumers are getting? Things of that nature. And um, for since 20, 2019, I've actually had another company called Blank Theory Creative okay. where we actually formulate beauty brands. Oh, wow. We formulate your actual ingredients and build your products. So this was an expansion of that. Like if I'm making your products, right. why don't I make more? Okay. I know how to do 3D renders. I've worked with packaging houses. Okay. I can make you from start to finish. So it's just kind of like, you're coming to me. I, I, I should be paid now. I can't keep doing this yeah. for free. <laughs> so this was born and now just able to create for others is a passion and it's fun for me. So that it's like, you can come to me with any idea. I want Mm. this brand. I want it to feel like this. I want these products, but it needs to look a certain way. Yeah. Okay. I can deliver that to you. And that feels good because I've been in this industry for so long. And now I feel like I have such a good sense of what the consumer or the pros are looking for in the direction and what works. That's awesome. Is there a particular product or, or type of formulation that you're proud of that has come out of that process? There's many. Um, I'm under some pretty strict NDAs. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) But with creating products, we are very proud of doing waterless. So imagine any product that has water or oils. Yeah. We can make it a powder and or a bar. Hmm. Anything. We have a, a very proprietary technology right now. Sure. And uh, I'm very excited with what we're doing with it for brands. And do you think about that from like the bar or even the powder from a sustainability standpoint? Is that helping us having that type of formulation? 100%. Think of um, the less carbon footprint you have from shipping waterless products. Yeah. Massive. And the efficacy is the same Mm -hmm. from your perspective? Better. Wow. There's no dilution. Yeah. Uh, there's no expiration. Huh. That's really interesting. Where did you get this strong work ethic from? <laughs> I 
can't sit still. Uh, <laughs> I always need to do something. I always need to be busy. Okay. If I if I take a moment, be like, you know what? I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. My mind doesn't stop. I'm like, why am I sitting? I should okay. be doing this. Okay. I my my family and I we didn't have much growing up, and I I've been on this war path to change that and have. Cool. Mm-hmm. my daughter mm-hmm. not go through certain things that I went through. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give her this, not that I have it, but I would love to, but a generational wealth. Like, sure. I want to be able to provide her with yeah. something so she doesn't have to have a struggle. Cause I don't know what the future is going to hold for her in the next 20 years, how difficult it's going to be, right? what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so I want her to have a way of like, cool, I can wake up and not stress in the morning. I can actually do what I want to do. Yeah. And so that is my goal. I don't want her okay. to feel that she has to work. I want her to do something she's passionate about. That's cool. And also secretly on your IG, do you think she's passionate about dance and you as well? <laughs> uh, yes. The cutest uh, video. <laughs> I, am, I am a dancing machine. You give me a couple of drinks. You put me anywhere there is music. Actually, I don't even need drinks. And I will dance my face off. <laughs> Daughter, the same thing. Like so the cute. absolute same thing. <laughs> I love it. She's in dance. Okay. She's very good at it. Okay. Um, and she, every now and then she's like, I want to be an actor. I want to dance. I'm like, cool, let's take your headshots. I have to have an agent. An agent wants to rep her. Oh, and I'm working on that path. If she wants to do it, she can do it. Not going to force her, but I would love to get her in front of the camera. Yeah, that's amazing. Cool. Okay. And then another entity that you were up to, you know, created out of the COVID-19 pandemic when it hit the world and it hit our world hard is an organization, a nonprofit called Support Creatives. So tell yeah. us about Support Creatives. It's an internal nonprofit, the project of the Giving Back Fund. Yes. Tell me about where that came from, how it started and all the things you're doing there. So support creatives was a way to give back to the community during COVID. I still had some work coming in. I knew that I was okay. I have other projects where I don't need to be on set where I'm able to make money. And I know a lot of others were not in that situation. Yeah. And it was a moral way. How can we help people not, not lose their homes, be able to put food on their table, pay their bills, what can be done. And there's, there's definitely other nonprofits out there, but none of them really giving away grants constantly, really helping people constantly. We, yeah. we wanted to attack it in a different, a different way. And so my wife, who has a million connections, she has Melody Joy PR. Uh, she knows every beauty editor. We had every way to get this out there. I know yeah. so many hairdressers, so many brands. It was like the perfect symbiotic relationship to, to get this going. And it was a way to help people because we didn't need help, yeah. but so many people did. Yeah. Artists were dying to work. So we gave them a means like, Hey, you work, you can get money, but then you're making money to give others this and to help them out. And it was more of like, what can we do to get people through okay. what is happening right now? Cause it was something none of us had ever experienced and it grew and grew and grew. And we're out of, obviously out of lockdown, everyone's working and support creators still thriving, still giving funds away and still doing good. And it's my way of giving back to an industry that, that has been good to me. And so I can help others and it feels fantastic. Yeah. And I love that. Just like this, such an overarching vibe in our industry. That's like none other, right. For you to be like, wait a second, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. My family's fine, but I see all of my peers 
out there who are not. So let's like band together. Let's do something together. Let's give back. And I think that's why you get in this industry and you never leave. No, there's, (laughs) there's so many times where I had my, my lows where I'm like, wow, I haven't had a job for a month. Okay. Cause freelance can be a little rough mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. And I had so many moments of like, I, I want out, I need out mm-hmm. and didn't get out. And I know so many other people are like, I want out and they're, they're done yeah. because they, they can't get through that hump. Yeah. And this was a way to, for all those people to not have to get out. Like it, it is a very challenging industry, especially once you go freelance. I'm sure it is a, it is a mental game. Yep. It is no longer a work ethic, nothing. It is a mental game. And if you can persevere through that, then you can excel. Yep. But a lot of people, it's very difficult and you need that support. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. All right. So now we are at the section that we call the tease quick takes. And so mm-hmm. we're going to need your Dance in quick takes on these. All right. The first one is what is a quote that you love? Quote that I love. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. Long, I don't know how about the longer the section, the longer the hair cut lasts. Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the cleaner the section, the longer the, the haircut lasts. Okay. All right. So we'll give you a pass. We'll let you go with that one. All right. Let's take All that right. one. What was your last Google search? <laughs> Don't do this to me. I know. See, I know. On my phone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can edit um, it. You can edit if needed. <laughs> no, forget it. It was an Adam Levine baby drama. So it was very You know confusing. what? We're all, we're all living through it right now. We're squarely in the middle of it. So there you go. I love it. I could normally care less about this. Could care less. And I dropped my dog. I'm so embarrassed. That's one of my last. And just to prove it. All right. There's Adam Levine, y'all. I see it right there on the phone. I'm dropping my daughter off at school. I get in the car and suddenly on the radio comes on and says like, Adam Levine is DMing some girl baby names. And I was just like, huh? what? Couldn't care less. But I'm, for some reason, like, I have to know what the hell is going on in pop culture. You know, it's, so I'm, I'm so guilty. Of it's, it's, it's a way to indulge in something that is, you know, does not affect us. But like the hottie, like, come on, Adam. I, I, my whole thing on why I had to know is... He's unbelievably successful. Totally. Yes. Beautiful wife. Uh-huh. Insanely handsome man. Uh-huh. Excuse my language. I'm sure you could bleep stuff, but the fuck are you doing? Right. And th- I had to find this out. Like, right. Like you're why? just going to implode it all. Like, why would you throw uh, all this, all this away from what you have built? I, I, yep. I had to know because that sick side of me, like, why are you self-sabotaging? What's yeah. going on? And I, I had to know yeah. the, what was happening. There's I something had, deeper there. I never yeah. Google pop cultures stuff mm-hmm. like this before. Mm-hmm. I'm so embarrassed that I just got asked this. And that's yeah. what you what did. Googled. You did. And it's out there now. And it's it's on the air. Now I got to know what was before that so I could feel better about myself. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Okay. The, the last one is a little better. Okay. How to wire a hot tub. So we got Oh, that's that. good. Okay. that's <laughs> That seems, I feel like that's redemption. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. What is the cringiest trend you have ever tried? Cringiest trend. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's cringy now. Okay. Then I was still like, why am I even doing this? <laughs> but it was uh, doing bob pins or bobby pins. But mm-hmm. I don't know why I call them bob pins. Let's ignore me. I love it. Um, you need your own doing, brand of bob pins, by the way. Can you get it's on just that? A okay. Pin, you just know. a bob. No bobby. Yeah. You guys got your bob? bob? Cool. Let's use it. <laughs> Having the writing or the names and different things on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not my. Like sassy. Like what? Yeah. No. Okay. Not my cup of tea. Yeah. And I. I tried to jump on that and I was mm-hmm. kind of mortified it's, every time I did it. It's not me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem I'm like you. I was like, now nah, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. You are a bitch. Let's put that in. <laughs> like, how do you pick the one word to represent? Like, that's the hard part. And, exactly. You know, it's yeah. okay. All right. We'll give okay. you that. What is one thing you could change about your daily routine? One thing I could change. <laughs> Don't Google celebrity gossip. Yeah. Like what the hell is I thinking? Um, one thing I could change is I wish I didn't feel compelled to wake up and read the news right away. Uh, mm-hmm. Because half the time, 99.9% of the time it's negative. Yes. I don't want to bring that first thing in the morning, but for yep. some reason I wake up, I'm like, what's going on in the world today? Yep. Okay. And even I'm like, I'm not going to do it today. Mm-hmm. Five seconds later, I'm just like, oh, you're doing it. Yeah. Okay. I did it. And it's so, you know, that's on our hip now, right? We used to, like, back in the day, like when there was an internet, have to mm-hmm. wait for the paper or the five o'clock news. Yeah. Good old Good Morning America was breaking the news, right? Yeah. And now it's just right there. It's it's a an urge that you cannot resist. All right. Yeah. I got a couple more for you. What is one product that you cannot live without? That's not Bob pins. One. (laughs) One. Yeah. Desert Island. You're bringing one. You're styling 10 models. That's it. You need the product. Honestly, it's got to be moose. (laughs) Okay. Moose. Moose. Hands. Wow. Moose on wet hair or dry hair? Dude, I use that on dry hair. Like there is no tomorrow. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> okay, on the ends and the middle oh, and the roots, where's it at? Scalp to ends. Oh, okay. I, I like to use most of my products on dry hair. I'm, okay. I'm weird like that. Even if right. it says wet, I find my way. Because when you're on set, you don't necessarily have time to, I don't want to be blow drying you. Why am I going to take my time to do that? All right. I want to get you done as fast as possible. So a good mousse has moisturizing agents in it okay, and almost lubrication properties for that brush to slide through. Hmm. You can get volume. You can get hold. You can get sheen. It can be humectant. It can be a humidity protection. It's, I mean, why do I need anything else? Tell wow. me. I've never thought about no. that. In you mousse. should see, I, I bring a whole huh. suitcase of products. What comes out of my suitcase? That's a moose. A moose hmm. and maybe a hairspray. Okay. Dare you say what moose or no? Must you keep it neutral? And you can keep it neutral. You need to keep it neutral. I mean, there's so many different brands that I like and that I use. Um, I want to say there has been two mooses that have been my staple for quite a long time. I'll I'll, I'll name those brands. Why not? Okay. Um, Amica Plus Size. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to try it. Plastic mousse. Okay. And a Loxy Volumizing Whip. Huh. It is a right. heavier mousse than others. It will, if you use too much, it will weigh the hair down, but it has okay. so many moisturizing properties that you find the right way to use it. You can achieve anything. 
Wow. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get those. I'm going to try it. Okay. Those are a free shout out for your brands. Yeah. We'll let them know that. (laughs) (laughs) I love those teams over to Loxy and Amika. Great. Great teams. Amika, I I actually worked with and helped develop some of their products in like 2004 Ah. and a whole bunch of videos for them, like developing their tools and their products. Chelsea Riggs. What was that? Chelsea Riggs over at Amika. Yeah, I know Chelsea. She's very badass. Well. She's awesome. And then Ruben Carranza took over the brand. Yeah. Like I'm loving that for them. I used to work hand in hand with Chelsea back in 2004. Bell. Really? All with, right. With uh, David Lopez, him and I. Okay. Chelsea was very on like, the pod. We got her story. Awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, she's totally awesome. And then Aloxia was teaching for them and used their products, and then became their creative director for a bit and fell in love with their products. Wow, amazing! All right, but I still use them. Okay, I have no. No brand affiliation with those mm-hmm. brands anymore. Still love their products. Yeah. They're great. I like to hear it. Okay. And finally, what is advice for those who want to make it to the quote unquote top of our industry? I don't think there is a top. Yeah. Uh, I think you're always chasing something. I mean, to, to be honest, I'm always just like, man, look at that person's doing. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I've probably, not to sound like this, I've probably done it or I'm mm-hmm. there and you don't notice you're always trying to chase that next thing. Yeah. I, I, th- I think advice is don't try and get to the quote unquote top. It's do what makes you happy and work yeah. as hard as you want to work. Don't, don't feel like you have to work hard because everyone's like, I didn't sleep. I'm working 12 AM till 11 AM. I'm sorry, like 12 AM to 11 PM. And then I'm going again. There's nothing cool about not sleeping. There's nothing cool about not having a personal life. Yeah. If you want to get to a certain pinnacle point in your career, you just work as hard as you are comfortable. Yeah. Don't push yourself because that's how you get burnt out. You get depressed, you get angry and you mm-hmm. wonder why you're not somewhere. Yeah. Get happy with where you're at. There's a certain level where you just need to be like, this is where I want to be. And you could be at the top and you'll never realize it. Yeah. Never. That is interesting because it's, I feel like pre COVID, like the glamor, that data glam, it, people were glamorizing the, the overworking, like mm-hmm. not enough hours in the day, like 12, you know, 12 hours, 14 hours. And now we're kind of like, why? Yeah. I'm, I am so <laughs> bummed that I work this much between all these different jobs that I have. I am, I am so bummed because I am very busy with hair, which I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. about. I'm busy with my creative agency, support creatives. Uh, flip, I, flip and renovate homes for Airbnb. So cool. like I'm doing that at the same time and I'm losing my mind. I don't want to be doing all this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's nothing glamorous about working your face off unless yeah. somehow you can retire at 30. And yeah. Yeah. yeah do totally. it. Totally. I'm way past that. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it sounds like you're enjoying what you're doing. So I do. Mm-hmm. I, I love what I do. I just want to dial back everything that mm-hmm. I do so I can love everything more and give yeah. all that attention. Yeah. To everything. There's nothing cool about working 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. I want to spend that time with my kid. Yeah, for sure. Well, this was quite a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. Tell all of our listeners where they can find you, follow you, watch your dancing videos. Let's hear it. Well, specifically for dancing, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Michael Duenas. All right. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-U-E-N-A-S. Amazing. Well, Michael, thank you for your time. What a pleasure. We'll be cheering you on from the sidelines with all of your endeavors. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Such a pleasure. 
All right. So what do you think, Jeff? I mean, the chemistry was there. The the back and forth, the yin and yang. Great interview, huh? <laughs> Incredible. Uh, the energy for sure. Um, I can see why this was one of your tops. It was tops. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. It was great to get to know you. And I hope you enjoyed the pod. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.